hey, it's Father's Day, and so I thought, what a great day. You, you maybe saw a few of them up on the screen before as you came in, but I thought it'd be a great day to share a few dad jokes, right? A few dad jokes, right? Okay, so we got a few here, okay? And they all have kind of this Father's Day theme, so I tried to be real selective with them. So, first one, when does a joke become a dad joke? When it becomes a parent. <laughs> right, right? Come on, you got it. That's good, that's good. What do you call a thousand rabbits walking backward? A receding hairline. This one's for me. That one's for me. Sorry, sorry. Hey, why wasn't one Father's Day gift better than another? Because it was a tie. Come on, come on. And the last one, the last one is not maybe necessarily funny, but it's really true and appropriate. How do dads like their steaks on Father's Day? On a plate. All right? Ready to dig in, right? Come on. All right, all right. All right, we got the jokes out of the way. Hey, today is Father's Day, and we want to send a special thanks to all of you dads out there. We honor and thank you for all you do. It's not an easy job, right? It's not an easy job, but it's worth it. I've been a father for 39 years, raising three kids, and a grandfather for 13 years, raising, well, not me raising, but helping, I guess, um, eight grandkids, and they're just a, a joy. What, a, what an amazing thing that is. But being a father is not just a title, right? It comes with a great deal of responsibility. You know, to, today as we celebrate Father's Day, we also obviously want to include stepfathers, grandfathers, great-grandfathers, adopted fathers, uncles, fathers-to-be, spiritual fathers, all of those things because of everyone that looks up to you. You know, as we look at our country today, I think we could all agree that things are not very encouraging, right? I believe the breakdown of our nation starts in our homes. This is Satan's strategy to attack the families and destroy. When there are breakups in marriages, children rebelling against their parents, when there's abuse, neglect, domestic violence, these are things that are, are just destroying the God-given structure of the family. And it affects more than just those families. I believe it has a ripple effect into the community and beyond. Fathers, God has placed us, has placed you in a position of authority over your homes, over your families. And it's our responsibility to train and raise our children. The title of the message today is The Gift of Wisdom. We're going to look in the book of Proverbs, which is often referred to as the book of wisdom. Okay, And that's going to be our game plan for us not only leading ourselves, there's so much in this, in the scriptures that we're going to study today that are for us, but, but especially for you as fathers to take and to use and to raise your kids well. Today I'm going to share with you 10, 10 wisdoms, 10 wisdoms from the book of Proverbs. But let's, uh, let's bow our heads before and let's ask God's blessing on our time together. Lord Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, what an amazing, beautiful 
day, morning that you've given to us full of sunshine and warmth. Lord, we just thank you for that. Lord, we just thank you for bringing us together. Lord, we pray that the message that you speak through me, Lord, would just uh, be, be wisdom, would be truth, would be something that we can all apply to our lives to live our lives the way that you would have us live them. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, help me to get out of the way and just you speak to everyone here. We ask this in your name. Amen. How many of you are David Letterman fans? Anybody David Letterman fans? How huh? do you remember the late show with David Letterman? I was I was a I like staying up late and watching the late show with David Letterman. Oftentimes on in, on his show, he would have his top 10 list, right? He would have his top 10 list. Well, this morning I'm going to give you 10 10 wisdoms. 10 wisdoms and we're going to move through them briskly, okay? So bear with me. Okay? We've got a lot of ground to cover, but we've got 10 nuggets of wisdom to share with you that you can apply to your life and as a father you can pass down to your children. Number one, teach your child to fear the Lord. Okay? Proverbs 1, Proverbs 1 verse 7, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So first of all, let me let me give you the definition of fear of the Lord. That's a, that's a phrase that we hear a lot. That's a phrase that you hear a lot in songs and on the radio, in Christian radio, and, and here in life groups. I believe it means, listen, having a deep respect, reverence, and awe for God's power and authority that greatly impacts the way we live. Right? I'm going to read that again. I think it's good. I believe it means that we have having a deep respect, reverence, and awe for the power and authority of God that greatly impacts the way that we live. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. So the way a father teaches a child wisdom is being wise himself by fearing the Lord by modeling what that looks like. So I'm just going to ask you a few questions um, that might bring up some things, ways in which you can show that you're fearing the Lord, that you're being filled with wisdom. So how much do we worship? And, and beyond that, how much do we worship with our whole lives, right? Not just while we're here in these four walls with the, the great worship team up here and leading us. We worship then, but do we worship God with our lives throughout the week? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, throughout the week. You know, how frequently are we coming to the, to the house of the Lord? Are we coming, well, you know, if I, if I don't have anything else to do, I, you know, I, I, might, I might stop by or, you know, I, it, maybe it's not really a priority, but I'll, I'll stop by once in a while. No, we've got to make it a priority to be in the house of the Lord. Okay? And how, how happily are we giving our, our money and our time to the house? Are we serving? Are we on a serve team? Are we helping out that way? Are we giving our offering and our tithes? And are we giving it happily? Happily, right? Here's, here's another thing. How much do we talk with our kids about godly things, about scriptures, and how often do we pray with them? You know, we've got amazing resources out in the Welcome Center for family time that can lead and help you to do this with your kids, with your family. 
These are just a few of the things of, of how we fathers can show that we fear the Lord, have a reverence for Him. Remember, those of you that are not fathers, you have influence over people in your lives. You have co-workers. You have people in your community. You have acquaintances that you, that you talk with throughout the week. You have influence over them. Do they observe in you that you have a reverence for the Lord? Number two, teach your child to guard their mind and heart. Proverbs 12, verse 8, a sensible person wins admiration, but a warped mind is despised. And Proverbs 4, 23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And I love how the King James Version puts that last phrase. It says, for out of it spring the issues of life. Okay? So let me clarify. So your mind is your conscience, Okay? And your heart is your subconscious. Okay? The more you think and entertain thoughts of certain things, eventually they migrate to the heart. And they become a part of your nature, a part of who you are. Okay? And this can work for, for good and, and for bad, right? So if we fill our, th- our minds with godly things, right? With scripture, with good things, eventually migrates to the heart. It becomes a part of who we are and part of our nature. But the flip side is true as well. If we flip our, our if we fill our, our minds with garbage, with ungodly things, eventually it's going to migrate to the heart. It's going to become a part of who we are. It's going to become a part of our nature. Now, what, what are some of the things that can warp our minds? Ooh, I just list a few of them, you know, social media, movies, TV shows, music. Man, some of those uh, pop music lyrics today are garbage. They're awful. Books, pictures. Hey, what about those violent video games? Huh? You know, the ones with the body count or the body parts flying all over? Like, come on. Playing violent video games. Pornography. Pornography is a big one. What about the friends that we, we hang out with? Okay. And again, so these are things that we need to teach our children, but how are we modeling that for them ourselves? Are we filling our minds with garbage? Are we watching shows that are not, not godly, that are not good? Jesus says in Matthew 15, verses 18 through 19. But the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. Those are the things that come from the hearts. If we fill our minds with garbage, it's going to be garbage coming out. Number three, teach your child the wisdom of discipline. Proverbs 3, verses 11 through 12. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when He corrects you. For the Lord corrects those He loves, just as the Father corrects a child in whom He delights. Our Father disciplines us out of His love for us. 
And we must do the same. We, we do it not, not because we're angry and mad, right? We do it out of the love for our kids. The purpose of discipline is to drive out foolishness so that wisdom and good judgment can come in, right? That's the, the purpose of discipline. And we have three kids, as I mentioned before. They're all grown now, but I can remember back a day when they were like eight, six, and four, and it was one of those days, and I know we're probably the only family that's had this, but um, the kids were at each other and constantly at each other. And no matter what we did, they kept at each other. Finally, Kelly, in her, her wisdom, she threw up her hands and she said, all right, all right, that does it, that does it. Starting tomorrow, there are no more rules. You guys can do anything you want, you can say anything you want, and there are no consequences. There's no punishment for anything. Man, I expected, I, I looked at her like she was crazy. I'm like, what are you doing? I was expecting high fives from our kids, like, yes, we got them where we want them now. It's not the reaction we got. Our oldest, Erin, turned to us and she said, but, but mommy, if there are no rules. That means you don't love us. She got it. She got it. Just as the Lord corrects those he loves, so must we correct the ones we love. We must teach our kids right and wrong. Right? We must teach our kids right and wrong. There's so much gray area in the world right now Oh no, you just, you know, what kind of whatever feels good, you know, you just do whatever. No, we've got to teach our kids what is right and what is wrong and that there are consequences for doing wrong. Number four, teach your child the wisdom of selecting friends. Proverbs 1 verse 10, my child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. They may say, come and join us. Let's hide and kill someone. Just for fun, let's ambush the innocent. Let's swallow them alive like the grave. Let's swallow them whole like those who go down to the pit of death. Think of the great things we'll get. We'll fill our houses with all the stuff we take. Come, throw your lot in with us, and we'll share the loot. My child, don't go along with them. Stay far away from their paths. We need to raise our children so that they will become the leaders that other friends will want to follow. Okay? We need to build them up. Because if we don't, then we're leaving that choice to them and they're going to follow friends. And some of them may be good. Some of them may not be so good. Proverbs 2 verse 12 says... Wisdom will save you from evil people, from those whose words are twisted. Proverbs 18, 24, there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Back when our, our kids were teenagers, um, we, we would pray for our kids um, frequently. But at that time, man, Kelly had this crazy discernment thing going on. And I, it's taken me a while to build mine up, but she had this crazy discernment thing going on. And she would, oftentimes, she would hear from the Holy Spirit, from the Lord, about things that our kids were doing when they were out with friends. 
and, and she would learn things, uh, maybe not so um, wholesome, healthy things um, about some of their friends. And so we would have discussions. We'd have to have discussions with them about some of the friends that they, they hung around. And yes, we got pushback. Yeah, but I like hanging with, I like hanging with them. It's fun. We got to get serious about it, though. We got to get serious about it. And when when they see that it's a priority for us, then it becomes a priority for them as well. I used to tell our our foster boys. I, Kelly heard this. I don't know hundreds and hundreds of times over the seven years we were we were foster parents. But I would tell each of the foster boys, I'd be like, "You are a leader. You are a leader. You are a leader." But you can lead for good or you can lead for bad. Another thing to remember is that our, our kids will stay at the level of their friends. Okay? If they're hanging out with friends in low places, right, and doing, doing some sketchy stuff, they're going to stay at that level, okay? But if they're hanging out with, with friends that have godly parents and, and their good morals and, and good, good thoughts, good ideas, they're going to rise to that level and stay at that level. Number five, teach your child how to control their body. Proverbs seven twenty two to 23, he followed her at once like an ox going to the slaughter. He was like a stag caught in a trap, awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing that it would cost him his life. Now, I know that this is primarily, or this was intended of speaking of a man following after a prostitute, okay? But figuratively, it's, it's speaking about chasing after any desire of the flesh, any promiscuity, any sexual immorality. God's design for us is to remain pure and holy. We know that. And fathers, we must instill in our kids that self-respect. Tell them how valued they are and consistently remind them of God's plan and design for their lives. And I know, again, this is countercultural because the culture says, oh, you just do what feels good. You just, you know, it's macho to sleep around and to do all these things. But remember, either we're going to raise our children or the world is. Number six, teach your children to enjoy their spouse. Let your wife be a a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Fathers, you need to show your kids how to respect your wife, right? Show them what appropriate affection looks like. Man, have fun with it. You got to hold hands. You got to kiss. You got to hug. Now, let's not do anything crazy in front of them. That's not what I'm talking about here, okay? That's not what I'm talking about here. But you need to show them the joy and the blessing. that that spouse means to you. Again, fathers, we're, 
we're leading and directing our children in the path that they will go. Okay, so listen carefully. Your son will grow up and treat their wives the same way that you treated his mother. And your daughters, they will select a man who treats in the same way that you treated her mother. Our children are watching, constantly watching, observing, listening. They pay attention and those things become a part of, of their future. We need to guide and lead them. Number seven, teach your child to watch their words. Proverbs 4.24 says, avoid all perverse talk, stay away from corrupt speech. And what we're basically talking about here is, you know, using foul language, right? Our children are great imitators, right? I mean, they see, they see what we do, they hear what we do, and then what do they, yeah, they, they imitate us, right? Picking up everything, right? Confession time, <laughs> young, young dad, young dad driving in the car, Son in the back seat, somebody pull, pulls out in front of us, cuts us off. Man, I call that driver just a less than angelic name. <clears throat> and it wasn't long after that, we're driving again, and the same thing happens, and I didn't have to because he did it for me. Yeah, not one of my more proud moments as a, as a young dad. We've got to look for opportunities to teach, man. When we're in the store and someone's going off on a clerk or going off on another um, customer and using colorful language, man, we've got to, we've got to point that out. Hey, we, we, don't, we don't use that language, right? We don't, we don't talk that way, right? Okay, we use those opportunities. And when we're over at that, maybe that relative's house that, that has colorful language and no, no filters, you know, and likes to just go off, hey, that's, man, we, we've got to, Clearly draw those boundaries. Hey, yeah. don't, don't talk in front of my kids that way. You can't, yeah. you can't yeah. use that language in front of my kids. Yeah. And if it becomes an issue, you leave. Like, you don't hang around for it. Okay? We've got to use those moments to teach and to lead our kids. I love the book of James, and uh, he talks about the tongue. Listen to what he says in uh, James 3, verses 9 and 10. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers, this is not right. I had a, a co-worker one time um, that observed another co-worker swearing, and he said to him, he says, man, is, is that the same mouth that you kiss your girlfriend with? But it's true, right? Are we, are we using foul language through the week and then we come on Sunday and praise God with, our, with the same mouth? Hmm. Number eight, teach your child to work and not be lazy. Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 9. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and be wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food up for the winter. But you lazy bones, how long will you sleep? 
when will you wake up? Hey, that's from the scriptures. Like, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Hey, start them young. Start them young. Give them chores to do. Right? If you need to give them a, a reward, a, a allowance, whatever, go for it. But start them young. Teach them, teach them to not be lazy. We are teaching them to be self-motivated. We are setting them up for success in the future. When they leave your house, you're not going to keep paying, right? You're not going to keep paying their bills. They've got to work for themselves and do it on their own. And I love how that phrase in the middle of the scripture there, it says, gathering up food for the winter. Man, that's wisdom right there, right? That's telling us you work hard, you work hard. It doesn't mean spend it all, spend it all, right? Save it up, store it up for when times get tough. Because we all know times get tough, right? Teach them to be responsible with what they make. Passing on wisdom to work, we're helping them to guard against entitlement, right? The next one, number nine, teach your child how to manage their money. Ties right in with that one. It's a great lead-in for that. Proverbs 3, verses, uh, 3, verse 9 in the NIV says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. It's really, it's really basic, people. It's really basic. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Either we honor God with our gifts that we give to the house and to Him, to the kingdom of God. And when we don't give, we dishonor the Lord. It's, it's really basic. It's really simple. The scripture talks about the first fruits. This is talking about our tithes, right? When we talk about our tithes and our offerings, this is talking about the first fruits. We often talk about the first, the, the, the 10%, the first off the top that we give, right? But if you look at the scripture, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth. It doesn't say with just your 10%, right? It says with all of your wealth, honor, honor the Lord. Now, how do we, how do, we do this? Well, first of all, we live our lives in a way that honors God with, with our money. How do we teach this? We, we model this. How, some ways that we might be teaching them already. Are we maxing out our credit cards? Do we just spend, spend, spend? Just keep continuing to buy toys and, and things that make us feel good? Are we saving up? Are we storing up like it says? Are we storing up and saving for those moments when the times get tough? Come on, we're always modeling things for our kids. And so we need to model being responsible with our money as well, the way that we live. We need to teach our children manage the money, but we do that by teaching them how to manage our money so that they can observe that. Number 10, teach our children to love others. Proverbs 3, 27. Do not hold, withhold good from those who, that deserve it when it is in your power to help them. It's important to teach children not to be selfish, right? I mean, it doesn't take long. They grow up, right? And what do we hear? No, no, it's mine. Give it to me. Give it to me. It's mine. 
No, I'm not sharing. I'm not sharing. It's mine. Right? It's important to teach our children not to be selfish, to love others and to give. Now, this verse is interesting because it says those who deserve it. We know that in our world, there are people that are out for your money. They don't care how they can get it. They just want it, right? And so they, they may ask you for it. There may be opportunities for you to give. Now, we've all been there and done that, where we've given money to people and they've used it for, man, not the, not the purpose that we intended to give it for, right? They've turned around, maybe we, they've used it for alcohol or drugs or whatever. We've all been burned about that. We need to use our discernment of when to give our money. It also says when it's in your power to help them. And I believe what this is speaking to is when you are blessed, you bless others. Okay? If you're having trouble making ends meet, maybe that's not the time to give financially, right? You can give other ways. You can give with your time and your efforts, but maybe that's not the time to give financially. When you're blessed, when you have above and beyond, then that's when you give. Matthew 22, 37 to 39, this is Jesus talking here. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Did you hear that? Equally important. Love the Lord your God. Equally important. What? Love your neighbor as yourself. This is not a request from God. This is not a request. This is not a, please, if you... This is a commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Fathers, that's it. There, there's the ten wisdoms that I have straight from Scripture that we need to pass along to our, our kids, but that we all need to remember and model our lives after these wisdoms. Proverbs 22, verse 6 in the New King James, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Again, I want to repeat this. Fathers, God has given you the authority. He's given you the authority. You need to step into that authority. The head of your, your family. And live your lives by fearing the Lord. Love your kids, man. Be present with your kids. Spend time with your kids. Invest in your kids. Pray for wisdom. If you don't feel like you have wisdom... It says in the Bible, pray for wisdom, I will give it to you, says the Lord. Pray for wisdom and give them the gift of wisdom. I love this quote by Franklin, President Franklin Roosevelt. He said, we may not be able to prepare the future for our children, but we can at least prepare our children for the future. Fathers, I ask that you'd stand right now. I want to pray a blessing over you. Fathers, grandfathers, uncles, fathers-to-be. Abba, Father, I pray for these men that you will bless and anoint them with your godly wisdom today. That you would continue to equip them with all the tools they need to raise godly children. I pray that you will encourage them when difficult moments come their way. Help them to rise above the pressures of this world. 
Holy Spirit, speak to them and guide them in the way to live a life that would honor you so that they can be earthly examples for their children to follow. I pray all of this in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Go, go ahead and be seated. Be seated. And, and I would just ask that we would all just continue to bow our heads and close our eyes. At this time, I would just want to give anyone that opportunity to accept Jesus into their, into their life for the first time or rededicate yourself to Christ. So if that's, if that's you, just, man, this is just your declaration between you and God. Just, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. This is, nobody's looking. Nobody's, this is just between you and God. And I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. And I just ask and invite everyone here t- this morning that you would pray with me as we help them making this amazing decision. Dear Jesus, I thank you for dying on that cross for me. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins. That you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome.